This is the Blind Grilling Experience, and I am the most interesting griller in the world. Welcome back to the Blind Grilling Experience. If this is your first time joining us, we certainly do appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast. We'd appreciate if you subscribe, you like, you share all of that great and wonderful stuff that helps us to get out there and spread the word about what we are doing. Uh, and of course, you can always email us if you got questions, you got some thoughts, um, you know, things that you want to ask about blind grilling, blind grilling experience, about blindness, visual impairments, about grilling, barbecue, cooking, or any other uh, blind-related or cooking-related topics. We'd be happy to talk about that, even outdoors. You love fishing and, hunt, fishing and hunting, so do I, and so would love to talk to you about that. Blindgrilling at gmail.com. That's the email address, blindgrilling at gmail.com. Com. And I've got a couple of things that we're going to be talking about today I want to share with you. And one is a very popular subject, which is brisket, the king of meats, man. I tell you what, a lot of folks ask us about our brisket. That's one of our most requested um, uh dishes or meats uh, when it comes to the catering that we do when folks are wanting us to um, you know to supply food bring food to cookouts or or potlucks or whatever we're always asked about the brisket and so I was going to talk about that just a little bit but before we get into the brisket itself I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about masks I know everyone has probably got their thoughts, their opinions, and I'm not going to talk about legalities or moralities when it comes to masks. I'm not going to be talking about you know whether you think everyone should wear one or you think it's you know against our civil rights to be you know forced to wear one when you go to stores. You're not getting into all of that, but what I do want to get into is the effect that it has on those who are blind or visually impaired. And you might think, well, what kind of effect would it have on someone who, who can't see? Um, you know, you're talking about putting something over your nose and, 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 and mouth. Uh, you already, you can't see it's not affecting vision or anything like that. Well, the problem that I have run into personally is you know, besides any type of claustrophobic feeling that some people get from it, you know, not being liking someone something over your mouth or nose when you're breathing in and of itself, there's a lot of other senses that are affected by not only you wearing a mask, but uh, but others around you wearing a mask. You know, think about this for a minute. We rely, I personally rely so much upon not only my hearing, but my sense of smell, and also, just the feeling on my face when it comes to wind, when it, you know, direction, uh, things like that. Um, you know, sometimes feeling the sun. Um, you know, if you're walking in a city and, uh, you know, if there's a breeze that comes, it hits you in the face, you kind of know between buildings or at a corner. There are certain little things that you pick up on. And sometimes having something blocking your face really affects 
knowing where you are in certain situations uh, for those who are blind or visually impaired. Not only that, you know, not only relying upon, you know, perhaps smell that can be obstructed depending on the type of face mask that you're wearing, uh, but also the way people sound. We, my family and I went to a restaurant for lunch and uh, the waitresses are all wearing their masks. The hostess was wearing a mask and I couldn't understand a word that they were saying. Uh, you know, it, it muffled so much the, the noise. And then when someone would come and, and, and say something, even across, uh, you know, a, a table over, you know, I couldn't tell if they were talking to us uh, or, or someone else when they were asking what uh, our drink orders, if we want something else, I, I couldn't understand what they were saying. And then when uh, going to church, it was difficult. You know, normally someone comes up when they begin to speak. I, I recognize their voice. I know who they are. But with the mask, it's a lot more difficult to know who it is that's talking to you. And granted, there are different types of masks, and some masks aren't as bad. Sometimes, you know, you can still tell who is talking <clears throat> but uh, but sometimes you can't, and that creates some uncomfortable situations at times where normally it wouldn't have been uncomfortable. And so uh, so those are some you know just some things that I think a lot of folks don't think about uh, with some who may have objections to the masks, not necessarily because they believe one way or the other of whether or not uh, it's it's helpful or harmful to wear the mask. But there are a lot of other issues that uh, I think go un, you know, untalked about. They just they're not discussed, they're not brought up, and they're not considered. And uh, for the blind and visually impaired community, it, it is something that I think is pretty serious. And that's just for the blind and visually impaired community. You know, you get someone who is deaf, hard of hearing, who is really good at reading lips. Obviously, you know, that's out the window uh, there. And so that can be pretty um, unfortunate for them. And I know there are masks that are being made that uh, have kind of a uh, a window. They're putting like a see-through window uh, across there where those who are deaf might still be able to read lips. Um, but, you know, it, it's still, it's, it's, makes things more difficult in that respect. And so accessibility in many ways is hindered by by the mask. Uh, whether it's helpful or whether it's not, you can do your research on that. I've got my own views and thoughts on that apart and separate from uh, what I am discussing. But uh, but this is definitely, you know, a uh, an unfortunate consequence when these mask orders are put in place. And we live in a town right now where uh, the mask order is in place. Unless you are exercising or you can social distance uh, or, you know, or certain activities that they've given, uh, you're required to wear a mask in public. And it is something that uh, is, it's, I don't think, you know, they say if you have breathing problems, that's one thing. But they don't take into consideration some of the other difficulties that it creates. And it's not always the mask that I'm wearing that creates the problem. Like I said, sometimes it's because others are wearing the mask uh, that can create some problems for for me and others who are blind or visually impaired. So 
So anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And, and, you know, I know a lot of folks out there that get upset when someone's not wearing a mask. And then there are others who uh, think that uh, the world's, well, the world has gone crazy, but um, that it's even worse because of the, the mask ordinances that are out there. But um, you know, that's, that's uh, kind of a perspective, I guess, from a blind or visually impaired, uh, individual that is, uh, really struggling with this because, um, I, I don't like it. I don't like it for the reasons that I mentioned. Um, and, uh, and that, and that's enough for me not, to, not to like it. Uh, you know, uh, I've, I've become so dependent upon other senses and it, it is a hindrance. It is a hindrance, uh, in, in the work that I do and in a lot of things that I'm engaged in. And so, um, so again, that's just something I thought I'd, I'd throw out there and, and let folks kind of think about and, and, and ponder on, um, when it comes to the things that are happening, uh, with these mask ordinances. Now there are some pretty cool ones. Uh, I will get, I will give some folks, uh, credit for being creative with their masks. Uh, my wife came home and said that there was a, a lady wearing a mask that said, if you touch me, your first lesson in karate is free. <laughs> I thought that was, that was great. That was, that was really creative. Uh, and there are some other masks, you know, that, uh, that are pretty neat that people have gotten creative, not only making, but, you know, decorating, uh, some of the ladies out there are, are you know, kind of getting masks of the same material as some of the clothes they're wearing. So everything, you know, is matching and, and, uh, and that's just neat that people are kind of running with it, rolling with it, I guess, in, in that respect, I always love the, uh, the thin blue line mask that some folks are wearing the American flag mask that some folks are wearing. You can miss me with the BLM crap, but you know, the other stuff is, is pretty creative and, and really loving that. So, um, but that's, you know, um, so that's, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool that folks are, are doing some of that, uh, to kind of get through these things, especially with these, uh, ordinances that cities are putting into, uh, in, into place. And with all that said, man, we have been firing up the grill and it has been so good. I'll tell you what, man, we made some brisket the other night that was just, it turned out spectacular. We, we love smoking brisket. We really do. Like I said uh, at the beginning, that's usually one of our most requested um, uh, items when we do our, our catering and, and when it comes to family, you know, Hey, you know, if I'm going to be cooking something, if you're going to be coming over, whatever, what do you want? And most folks are wanting the brisket. So we had some folks visiting from out of town and, uh, I, you know, that's, uh, kind of surprised them, uh, cooking a meal for them. And we stayed up and, and, uh, cooked, smoked a brisket overnight and, uh, and it was great. And I, I've been talking about going over the brisket recipe and thought, you know, this would be a good time to go ahead and do that. And, you know, I know right now sometimes brisket can be hard to find. But if you can find it, my recommendation right up front, first of all, is the whole packer. Not just the flat, which is, you know, fairly common for people to find. Now, if you can find just the point... It's not so common. A lot of folks have difficulty finding just the point of the brisket. Uh, if you can find it, that 
man, I would just do points all day long, every day, every year. I mean, just, I love the point. That's my favorite part of the brisket. But for us, you know, um, cost-wise, the most effective uh, way for us to really to get by with doing the briskets is the whole Packers. So you get the point and the flat together coming in a cryovac package. And when you get the brisket, if it's not been for if it's not froze, uh, I recommend buying the brisket three weeks before you plan on cooking it. Stick it in the fridge and let it wet age up to 21 days. Now it, it can be, you know, maybe you find out a week in advance or two weeks in advance. So you only get, you know, seven or 14 days. That's fine. Uh, but I, I would go up to 21 days. Some folks go as long as a month, 28 days, but, um, but probably the most I've gone is between 21 and 24 days, wet aging the brisket in the refrigerator, in the cryovac. It's not absolutely necessary, but in the results that I've had, uh, those briskets that I've been able to wet age have turned out the best and uh, everything else is the same, but that, that in and of itself seems to make a little bit of difference um, when it comes to uh, just the, the tenderness, the, the melt in your mouth kind of uh, texture that, that you get in smoking the brisket. So, so that's the first thing. Um, that I try to recommend to folks who ask, you know, what, what's the secret or what's, you know, one of the the things you recommend with whole briskets. And that is buying the whole packer in the cryovac package, leave it in the package, stick it in the fridge up to three weeks before you, uh, before you open it, trim it and smoke it. So, so that's the first thing that I, I would highly recommend. And of course, um, you know, getting it out uh, of the fridge the the night or the morning that you're going to smoke it, and um, and getting it trimmed up, you know, letting it sit out, you know, a couple of hours maybe, you know, to kind of uh, you know not be so cold when handling, uh, be able to trim the fat off, you know, level everything out. That can be a little bit difficult for those who are blind or visually impaired. Generally, if it is really hard. Fat, not not the not the soft, mushy kind of, of fat that you can feel. But if it's really a, a hard fat that you can tell when you feel the the brisket, you know, that I try to cut off. I try to get that all cut off and all trimmed off. Uh, and if I can, you know, you know, level out the fat. I don't do competition, so this isn't you know where you know you got to get everything just right and square everything off and make sure that the 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 fat. Uh, is even across the uh, across the fat cap. I'm not so much worried about that, but I do want to get any big chunks kind of cut off when I'm doing my trimming. And after that, I rub it down with some grapeseed oil, and I use Lane's Barbecue Brisket Rub. Lane's is one of our partners. He, Lane's Barbecue, lanesbarbecue.com, L-A-N-E-S-B-B-Q, Dot com. Go and check them out. Their brisket rub is absolutely phenomenal. They've got all kinds of great rubs, all kinds of amazing sauces. Their, uh, their sort of white sauce is awesome. If you love Alabama white sauce, I think you would love Lane's Barbecue's uh, sort of white sauce as well. But we use the, the brisket seasoning. That's, it's just called brisket. 
And so that's the seasoning that we use on our brisket. So we'll rub it down with some grapeseed oil and we'll, uh, we'll season it pretty heavily with the Lane's Barbecue brisket seasoning. And, and I'll let it set for an hour or two before it goes on the smoker. And so once that is set up, it's trimmed, it's seasoned, and it's setting out, you know, kind of coming to room temperature. I get my big green egg smoker fired up and I obviously indirect cook and I get it set to 275 degrees. I let the flame boss do its thing to tame the flame and set it to cruise control at 275 degrees indirect uh, with the flame boss on the big green egg. And uh, of course I've got the Fogo charcoal, you know, lit. I will add a couple of chunks of pecan and a couple of chunks of peach wood together. Persimmon also works really well. Pecan and peach um, is my go-to, but uh, every once in a while I'll switch it up and do pecan and persimmon wood, but those are probably my, my favorite woods for doing brisket. And so I'll get that going and let that come up to temperature at 275 degrees. And once it is ready, we're talking about a probably a seven-hour cook, and this is anywhere from a thirteen to seventeen-pound brisket that you know we that we generally are cooking. Anywhere from thirteen to seventeen pounds of a whole brisket, and we put it on fat side up on the big green egg, and I'll let it go for four hours, sometimes four and a half. Um, and and really right around that four and a half hour mark, um, I'll, I'll just leave it on the egg. I don't monitor temperatures. I don't do anything else at 275 degrees. I'll let her go four and a half hours. And once that four and a half hours come, I will go out and I will wrap it. Now I use foil. I've used, uh, I've used the butcher paper. I've used foil. And I, I found that if the bark has set well, that it really doesn't make that much a difference. I know folks think those are fighting words, depending on who you talk to. There are some that swear by the butcher paper, some that, you know, it was like, well, I'm just going to use foil no matter what. I use foil. I'll use butcher paper. That's fine. I don't find much of a difference uh, in my the cooks that I have done when I've let that bark set. And usually that four and a half hours really does a good job on getting that bark set on the briskets. So I'll get the bark. I get the bark set. Four and a half hours. I'm wrapping the brisket, leaving it fat side up. I stick in a meat probe in the flat, and I put it back on the egg. And usually, I'll I'll bring that temperature to about 202 to 205 degrees internal temperature, which is another three hours, give or take. Sometimes it's two, two and a half. Sometimes it's three and a half to four hours. Uh, but that that isn't the end. You know, that's not the end all. It's not that, okay, we've reached 205, and so the brisket is done. What I like to do then is take that meat probe, and I start just kind of pushing the meat probe, you know, into the meat all over that flat uh, and that point, making sure that there are there's no resistance anywhere in that brisket. And if there's any resistance at, at any point as I'm, you know, kind of poking around with that meat probe in that brisket, when I find resistance, I, I put the meat probe right there where the most resistance was. I f- wrap it back up, 
close down or close the lid of the egg and leave it on there uh, and let it go for another, you know, uh, 15, 20, or maybe even 30 minutes. Um, and then I'll go back and I'll check it again. I'll probe it again. And I'm, I'm looking for probe tender. I'm looking for that probe to slide through with no resistance, just like it's melted butter. And once that happens, and usually we're talking seven hours total cook time, then um, I'll take it off. I'll stick it in a, a cooler or a Cambro wrapped up tight to stay warm and let it rest for an hour or two. And, uh, and then it's, it's ready to slice into. You know, it's good to go. You can separate the point and flat at that, you know, at that time. Uh, you could do something with the with the burn ends the, from the flat, or the rather, sorry, from the point if you wanted to. Uh, but generally, I just go ahead and get it sliced up. I cube up the point, you know, like burn ends, um, slice the flat, and and just kind of mix it up when we're serving folks. And it it's just amazing brisket, and and I you guys will not be disappointed with that technique. You know, it doesn't have to take twenty hours, eighteen hours to cook a whole packer brisket. A lot of guys like doing that. They like to you know take that time at two hundred twenty five degrees and and uh, you know just they they enjoy that, and that's fine. You that you do that. You do you. Uh, but if you're thinking about you know, you want to do a brisket, but you don't want to take, you know, uh, 12 to 18 hours or more, you know, the 275 degrees on a big green egg will get it done in seven, seven hours, eight hours max. Um, sometimes even six hours and they're done. Uh, but again, you know, that temperature is just kind of a guide to get ready to probe for, for tenderness um, you know, and usually around that 205 mark uh, is when I'll start probing. And I'll usually let it go a little longer. So the internal temp might end up being in certain spots, 209, 210 uh, internal temp, depending on the brisket. But long as it is probe tender, then, man, it is it is amazing. Melt in your mouth, just awesome. And uh, and for those who like a little bit of sauce, Lane's Barbecue's got that sort of white sauce that is just phenomenal with with brisket absolutely love it so give lane's barbecue a a check at their website lanesbarbecue.com you will not be disappointed in any of the things that you try there i mean they've got stuff for uh for fish salmon uh seafood they've got pork rubs they've got you know beef rubs they've got their signature um, SPG type rub, uh, you know, their sweet heat is amazing on chicken. Uh, you know, they, they've just got all kinds of things. Lane does a lot of awesome things when it comes to those rubs. They, they have kind of a Pitmaster elite series that they can put out and they'll even do some combination with some others at, at times where they combine two different rubs together and, and just have an awesome creation uh, there as well. So a lot of great stuff at lanesbarbecue.com. Really encourage you to check it out. They're a partner of ours uh, with the packages we provide to veterans, first responders, and others who have uh, suffered vision loss. Um, and uh, and we use it constantly. We're always using it. Um, it's the only rub we use on our brisket. Um, you know, awesome stuff when it comes to steak, chicken, pork. Um, you know, it's we just we just really love it. We really do. And so recommend them 
highly. So again, lanesbarbecue.com is what we would recommend you check out. But give brisket a try. Let me know what you think. If you got questions about the brisket cook, you know, it can be intimidating. And I understand that. You know, I was intimidated the first time because you're you're dropping, you know, forty dollars plus on a brisket. Um and and folks are, you know, that's that's a lot of money to have it go wrong. Uh, but you know, if you're willing to just do it to get past that fear, you'll find that that brisket really isn't the intimidating piece of meat that most folks have let on uh, for it to be. Uh, and you know, just follow those simple steps, and and you will have uh, an awesome meal. You'll have some awesome brisket, and uh, and you'll be hard pressed to find brisket at a restaurant that'll be any better. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because that's how I do it. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I've learned these things from others. I've picked up on techniques and, and things from other folks I've learned and I want to share with you as well. And so that's, that's, uh, kind of what we do, uh, and what we've done to dial in our briskets. Uh, all right, folks, man, I appreciate everybody tuning in. I know, uh, we, we've got a lot of things upcoming. We've got some, uh, uh, reviews of some pretty cool technology when it comes to things for the visually impaired that we're going to be talking about. Some other things that folks go through, blind and visually impaired, you know, uh, parents having to deal with uh, their kids being schooled at home right now. That's something I think is on everybody's mind. And and uh, and there's some other things that I think are uh, really uh, folks are really struggling with that we're going to be talking about in upcoming episodes. So stay tuned. Be sure and subscribe. Uh, of course, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash blind grilling. Uh, we've got our Facebook page, facebook.com slash blind grilling. And uh, be sure and subscribe, like, and share. And, of course, let everybody know about Blind Grilling Experience Podcast as well. Thanks again, everybody. And remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking.